The most remarkable and somewhat unexpected thing about establishing a clear company vision is that it makes decision making easier. It sets a bar in which you can measure up all your decisions, all of your strategies, all of your challenges with their solutions up against to determine if it is in line with where you are trying to go. And if it is not, then it forces you to take a step back and determine whether or not your vision statement is true. If it's not, then the vision statement needs to be changed. But if it is, then you need to reevaluate the solutions to the challenges you're facing. Welcome to the Conquering Chaos Podcast. I'm Erin E. Hooley, executive coach, speaker, and serial entrepreneur, as well as mother of six. And this is the ultimate hangout where I share all the juicy details behind building two multi-million dollar e-commerce businesses, Bailey's Blossoms and Peyton Bree. If you're looking to launch yourself to the next level in your personal and professional growth journey, you're in the right place. Grab a pen and paper because we're about to redefine what success looks like. One of the things that I have loved the most about having a podcast has been the opportunity to work through challenges and struggles, both in business and personal, out loud. And today's episode is exactly that. We're going to be talking about vision and specifically the vision that your team sees as you continue to grow beyond being a solopreneur. So this last week, I took the opportunity to meet with everybody in my organization for literally about two to three minutes each and ask them three simple questions. First was, why do we do what we do? And then what difference does it make? And lastly, why does it matter to you? What are you hoping to get out of all of this? And I was completely floored by the huge array of vast differences amongst all of the answers of the members of my team. And it got me thinking, man, here I am assuming that everybody can read my mind and that we're all on the same page and that I've made the vision and the mission of the company so incredibly clear when in reality, All it proved was that I'm a really terrible communicator. Now, before we get into this, I feel like it's important to identify the difference between a vision and a mission and values. We hear these in business all the time, but what is the difference in each? Your vision is your what. It's where you are trying to go. It's what you see in front of you, the potential, the possibilities, the vision, the place that you are trying to get to. The mission of your team is the why, why you even care to get to that place, why that vision is so important. And your team values are how you're going to embark on that mission to be able to get to that ultimate vision. Consider what it looks like for a marketing team or a customer service group or any department within your organization to be able to put out materials, to establish a brand voice, to be able to drive in a direction without having a clear understanding of what that direction looks like. What happens is everybody gets their own perception of where they think we're driving and we end up scattershotting in 20 different directions rather than making a great degree of impact in one. The most remarkable and somewhat unexpected thing about establishing a clear company vision is that it makes decision making easier. It sets a bar in which you can measure up all your decisions, all of your strategies, all of your challenges with their solutions up against to determine if it is in line with where you are trying to go. 
And if it is not, then it forces you to take a step back and determine whether or not your vision statement is true. If it's not, then the vision statement needs to be changed. But if it is, then you need to reevaluate the solutions to the challenges you're facing. So as I've been breaking all of this down, I've been considering and asking myself, why is it that I haven't been communicating excessively and clearly to my team? What's holding me back? And the first thing that came to my mind was lack of clarity within myself. It's really easy as a leader, as a business owner to consider that if we don't have all the answers, we should just keep our mouth shut. But I've come to learn that that does more harm than good. And sometimes as we're working things out, out loud and with our teams, their questions can help bring us more clarity. Perfect example of this. We are launching a women's brand this summer. It's called Alredine. And we're very excited about this, but I've had a lot of people talk to their superiors within the organization saying, what is this? What's coming? What's the point? What's the purpose? Why are we doing this at all? All the little details that I've been working out on my own, but haven't been sharing for fear of not having all the answers, for fear of potential failure, for fear of whatever it happens to be. All of that rhetoric that continues to circle in your mind, regardless of the stage that you're at, it's still there for me as well. And I realized that I was kind of holding all of those thoughts captive because I was unsure of what it was that I was trying to portray myself. And it wasn't until we recently had a stand-up with everybody in the organization and I got called out on the carpet and I was asked point blank, tell us about Alredine, tell us about what you're envisioning. I hadn't prepped for this and I immediately tightened up. Everything within me tightened up and I had to remind myself to breathe and to relax and to just be vulnerable in that moment and to share what was on my mind and my heart, even though I didn't completely have words to share it. And the most incredible thing happened. I started talking about Bailey and I started talking about launching Bailey's Blossoms and using that as a connection point to bring a mother and a daughter closer together. And then as she grew out of the toddler stage and into this young woman phase, and the problems and the challenges that were facing her and facing me as her mother were vastly different. That's when the concept for Peyton Bree came about. And whether I recognized it or not in that moment, I was trying to solve problems through Peyton Bree that I didn't have answers for in searching for them for myself with my daughter. So again, it was a connection point. Fast forward to today, she's now 14 years old and becoming more confident and more beautiful with every passing moment. I am incredibly aware that I have only four years left before she goes off to college and the entire dynamic of our relationship changes. And as I'm talking about this to my team and I mention the reality that I only have four years left and the changing dynamic of relationships and watching her grow out of Bailey's and into Peyton's and soon out of Peyton as well, I completely broke down and started to cry. And without even considering it, without ever having the thought previously go through my mind, I said, what we are creating here is a cycle where we are giving people a place to come home. So when these little Bailey's girls grow up and they become Peyton Brie girls and then they grow up again and then they become Alredine women 
And then they go on to start their own families and they have children and they come back to Bailey's Blossoms and that cycle just comes around and around and around. That's what we're creating. It's a legacy and it's a community and it's a sense of belonging and it's a home. And I'll tell you, it was like a breath of fresh air to be able to say it out loud and to be able to solidify that that is in fact what we are trying to do. I hadn't ever connected the dots fully. The word home had never entered my vocabulary, but once it came out of my mouth, it rang so incredibly true that everybody got on board and everybody understood what it was that we were trying to create. A community and a sense of home and a sense of belonging. So my number one piece of advice when it comes to establishing the vision and the mission and the values of your company is to not wait to share it until you have everything figured out. You will never have everything figured out, but once you start to put pen to paper, once you start to speak those truths out loud, they will become more true. And the questions and clarification points that people prompt you for will solidify it further and help clean up the mess and clean up the noise that sometimes you feel like is all around you. The second thing that I've become very aware of here recently has been consistency in my messaging. When you ask the members of your team for clarification on what the vision is, they will each pull from different truths, whether that truth comes from something that you've said or something that you've done. We've all heard that actions speak louder than words. And if we're speaking one truth, but it's in conflict with the truth of our actions in meetings, the things that come out of our mouths, the things that we care about, the things that stress us out, people will draw their own conclusions and have their own perceptions on what truly is the priority and what truly is the goal. So examining those truths and examining your consistency within those truths is vital to ensuring that your message is the same and that there can be no cause for argument or misinterpretation based off of conflicting information. Now, I'm going to share an example with you, and it's kind of an embarrassing and humbling one for me that illustrates this point. I've stated in the past that I didn't start my business or any of my businesses because I wanted to be a leader. I had no aspirations to have a large team. So the transition from solopreneur to leader and even CEO has been a very rocky one at best for me. And it's evident in the way that I often speak when I use words like I instead of we or us. Now we have a VIP group on Facebook and it's a very highly engaged group. So when our marketing team decided to put together a photo shoot locally, we put out an advertisement for a model call. And we've done this in the past before, but this time it was different because we weren't just asking for children, but we were also asking for specific moms as well. Now, the way that the fashion industry works is you usually have some core sizes to which you grade all of the additional sizes off of, up or down from that initial core size. And we have one dress form in each core size, and the samples in the clothing that we make come specific to those sizes so that we can fit them to the forms and approve them for bulk production. So we have a 9 to 12 month core size for infants. We have a 3T for the toddler sizes. And then for the mom sizes, we have a size small or a 6. 
So when we put out this advertisement for a model call, it specifically said we're looking for children in 9 to 12 month size, 3T size, and women who can fit an extra small or a small. Now, without proper clarification, now the optics of this look really bad. And there was a lot of lashback, a lot of hurt feelings, and a lot of very upset people who were quite shocked assuming that by posting this we were making a statement or we had preference towards one body type over another. By the time I was made aware of the whole ordeal, the damage had already been done, the post had already been removed, but my heart still broke for the situation and I was compelled to take action. So the action I decided to take was to go live on the group page with a public apology. The concept around what I was trying to do was perfectly right. It was perfectly good, but the execution of it was terribly poor. I didn't think about it. I didn't prescript what I was going to say. I wanted it to be authentic and real, so I just went live and I didn't consider what was going to come out of my mouth. And here's what did. In essence, I said, "Hey guys, I was just recently made aware of this. I didn't know this was going to happen. I'm so sorry. I I can explain here's why we do what we do and I will personally guarantee X Y and Z moving forward. And I didn't think anything of it until the next morning when I got a call from the president of our company, our marketing director, and our supervisor over the marketing team. And emotions were heavy. They felt like I stuck them in the back because my delivery was number one defensive. I excused myself of any liability and I used the word I. I spoke like a solopreneur, but I have a team of 30 people, and not just 30 people, but 30 passionate employees who love what they do and they love our customers just as much as I do. They love them. And I excused them from that apology. I didn't say we. I didn't say we feel this way. We love you. We appreciate your support. I said I and I completely hurt them. I hadn't allowed it to be a team effort and yet I preach that team should be everyone's priority. But what came out of my mouth and the actions that I did preached something completely different. Now, as painful as it was to receive the feedback, the harsh and true feedback that I needed to hear about how that made them feel and what it looked like optically to them. I needed to hear those things so that I could make sure that I never make that mistake again and that the words that come out of my mouth and the actions that I do that they're consistent with the values that I say that I have and that we should all embody within the organization. Now, in conclusion, as you're considering all of these points and what it could possibly look like for you within your organization, I want to wrap this up in a few simple steps. Number 1. Don't wait to share your ideas. No matter how messy and unclear you feel they are, they will become more solidified as you begin to speak them out loud. Number 2. Ask those within your organization for their ideas. There were words and consistencies that as I spoke with everybody within the organization, some were inspiring and led me onto a path to try to figure out how to incorporate that into our vision because they provided additional clarity that I hadn't yet had. 
while others were more of a warning and a little bit of a red flag to say, hey, this is the perception that somebody else has of what we're doing. And if that's not true to what we're trying to accomplish, then perhaps something needs to be changed and we need to identify what it is that's providing that perception or feeding that perception. And number three, hold one another accountable. Allow your team to give you feedback to call you out when your actions and your words are not consistent with one another. This is a team effort, but when you value your vision and you value that clarity, you don't only accept that feedback, you don't only accept being held accountable, but you ask for it, you invite it, you want it. At the end of the day, We start with something with the intent to improve upon it month after month, quarter after quarter, and year after year. Allow yourself the opportunity to adapt, to learn, and to grow with additional experience. Start with your vision as it is now. Gain clarity on it. Share it unrelentingly. And then give yourself the grace and opportunity to adjust it as you continue moving forward and gain further clarity on where it is that you're driving towards. Thanks for joining me today on the Conquering Chaos podcast. I'd love to know what you thought of this episode. So take a quick screenshot and tag me on social at Erin Hooley or leave me a review so I can share the love. Thanks again. I hope you're leaving feeling empowered to get out there and conquer some chaos.